Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the Dural Will Curran. <laughs> and that man over there is the sweet Brand Kruger sweet. of Event Technology I had to look up Dural. I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> so what is, I don't even know what Dural means. <laughs> it's, well, and it's literally like, like the, epidural? The, outer, <laughs> yeah, the outermost membrane enveloping the brain and spinal cord is the Dura. And so it's the adjective form of Dural. I was like, okay, sometimes the random adjective generator... I was like, well, that's technically an adjective, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. So weird. Like, um, not quite uh, what we're looking for, but yeah, all right. like, I'm a membrane. I'm like squishy, I guess. Yes. Like, I'm, I imagine, like, you know, what is it in um, Rick and Morty where he has the gun that turns people inside out? That's what I imagine basically <laughs> right. what happens. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're the, yeah, you're, you're, Will, you're a delicate membrane, is what yeah, I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> as much as as much as we can amuse ourselves to no end with the random adjective generators, um, uh, you know, Will, I wanted to talk a little bit about this week. You know, I, I just come coming off a couple of weeks, a pretty busy couple of weeks uh, with with uh, uh, online events, and I found myself doing something that I probably shouldn't have. And so I always try to, whenever I find something like that happens, I try to like stop and analyze and like, okay, what can I do to prevent that? And we're not and talking about you, you did do too much jargon jail. Like, Yeah, I did too much <laughs> jargon jail. I put myself in exactly that kind of thing. Um, so what I wanted to talk about is kind of an oddball, but it's, it's hopefully it'll make sense to people right away. And that is scope creep. Ooh. It's something that, you know, we've talked about long time. So talk about jargon jail. Um, what, do you, what do you feel... I've got my own personal kind of definitions of it, but what do you think of when you think of the word, the term scope creep? Yeah, I determine it as you put in line what you said you were going to do, and now someone's asking you to go outside of that. Um, so I think scope creep is when you start to get close to that or have barely exceeded it. Um, <laughs> and then obviously there's the worst case scenario, scope creep, which is like, where the hell is the scope anyways? Like, it doesn't even exist. But um, yeah, it's, it's like usually embarking and getting to this blurry line that exists between what is actually the scope and what is not the scope. And I, I don't think it's always crystal clear. And I think that's what defines as scope creep. Yeah, yeah. We would run into it all the time uh, when I worked for the production company back in the day. I'm sure you guys run into it all the time, too, where you're like, okay, this is what you got hired to do. Mm -hmm. And it includes these services and then the client's like, oh, you know what? Oh, we got we to gotta do like a happy face show uh, at the end. Is, is there any chance you guys could help us like throw that together? And you're like, yeah, you know what? You know, it's a quarter million dollar adventure. Well, you know what? We'll take care of the happy face show at the, you know, at the end. We'll take care of that for you. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you know what, though? We also could use an opening video, like just something really flashy, really short. It'll be really short. It'll be super easy, just like, you know, some stock footage of people smiling and shaking hands and then some, you know, some inspirational music and then like the, the conference logo comes in and that's the end. Can, is that something you guys could do? Yeah, 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 yeah. We could, you know, we could do that. We could do that. And so it's this balance of where I see kind of the, the crux of scope creep is this <laughs> balance of trying to please the customer by taking on, you know, additional duties while still, you know, not letting things get out of hand, not letting it feel like you're being taken advantage of, not, you know, that kind of thing. And so for me personally, what it was is now, 
you know, we're in this new world of digital events and my niche even prior to this has has always been kind of the the small to medium sized groups they can't quite afford a full production company so they just they just, but they know they need a little help so they bring in basically one person <laughs> you know me to to try and help out we've you know you can go back and listen to the episodes where we talk about what is a technical producer and those kinds of things so i got i got brought in on a show for to be the producer technical producer for a digital event and it's one of those things that like, you know, they, they brought me on for the express purpose of picking my brain and like, hey, you know, you're the expert in these things. So, you know, what can we do to jazz up our agenda? What can we do? You know, how do we make this go well? And in the course of doing that, you know, I'd be asking questions like, uh, you know, wait, I see something here about playing back a video. Who's going to be doing that? You know, oh, oh, uh, <laughs> we hadn't really thought about that. Um, uh, yeah, uh, well, I guess, uh, you know, this person on the team could play it back or this person can say, hey, okay, they're going to do that from their house. You know, what kind of bandwidth have they got? You know, <laughs> they did have a, they had a WeWork space that they were kind of working out of during the pandemic. Um, you know, it turns out that, you know, that space didn't have hard lines. And so at some point I'm just like, you know what, I'll just take care of it. I'll just, you know, I got a gigabit internet service here. I'm going to have a faster pipe than any of y'all. So, you know, let me just, I'll just take care of it. Nice. So... In addition to, you know, managing presenters, tech checks, and all that kind of stuff, now I'm the video guy. Now you're the vMix operator, basically. Right, yeah, exactly. So I'm, you know, and then in addition to that, you know, it's, you know, while we're talking about, you know, can we highlight the people that are, you know, that are talking? Yeah, we can spotlight them. It's all, this is all done in Zoom. So it's, it's, not a, it's not a high-end event. It's not in the sense that we've got like a whole extra platform. It's all being done in Zoom. They did have a platform um, that they were using to manage the... Uh, uh, the online expo and stuff like that, okay. but I didn't have a whole. That was that was mostly done by the time I came into play. So all the attendees were in Zoom yeah. too. So so there was there was just a few of those types of things where like I'd ask a question and it'd be like, well, who's taking care of that? And the answer was a big shrug, and you know, and I'd be like, well, I guess I'll take care of that, you know, because mm. you know, on my end, you know, I'm wanting to make sure it's a good show, and so I'm looking at you know who's going to be the person that's you know going to be able to do the best. That is it, you know, you know, Randy from accounting that you just say, hey, Randy, can you help us out, you know, or is it you know someone who's got some experience cutting a show or you know running videos and those kinds of things. Mm. And so I was taking on more and more responsibility in an effort to just make the show better. And so by the end of it, though, you know, when we actually did day of show, you know, I was octopus arms. Like I was just running, you know, I was just all over the, you know, and then they're trying to text me about stuff and I'm trying to answer texts while playing back video, while spotlighting people, while, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Where really what I was theoretically brought in on was to, you know, help design the show and help, you know, guide them in forming their agenda and working with presenters to make sure that they look and sound their best and then be their day of to just make sure it all goes smoothly. And so, you know, how, I guess the overall question, so, and, and so like I say, when I see something like that in myself, like, whoa, that was too much. Like at the end of the day, I just, you know, <laughs> collapsed. I was like, you know, I was, way, I was way too much. And so when I see that, something like that in myself, it makes me want to like stop and analyze it and go, okay, you know, how do we present that? Because I'm sure... Mm -hmm. I'm not the only person that's out there that's doing that. You could be, it could be internal, uh, you know, internal uh, corporate events person. It could be a marketing person who's just been put in charge of this live stream. Well, I guess I'll do that. Well, I guess I'll do that. Well, I guess I'll do that. Just adding more and more and more work on one person as opposed to trying to find a way to distribute it. Um, so that's, that's kind of where this all came from. I know that was a long, long wind up for a very no, slow pitch I know, of, I like of it. that kind of thing. Um, so, so, so 
what can we do not only as individuals but then as organizations to mm-hmm. try and prevent because event people we always want to please like we want it to be this amazing great experience this amazing great show but at some point that scope creep bites you in -hmm. the behind because now you're just too busy trying to do too much at the same time and then things start to get dropped yeah well it's interesting too that you bring this up and i i think i just kind of had this aha moment too that i think that the two areas and events that experience the most scope creep is technical which is what you're talking about all the production stuff and things like that but also creative and i think the cause of scope creep comes from the fact that sometimes clients or are not exactly sure what the scope is, right? And we all know this, right? Like, I think we've talked a lot about like uh, AV audit and all these quote walkthroughs and things like that, about how you need to understand what's on your proposal first before going in. But sometimes I feel like there's this incessant need to be someone's like, okay, fine, I trust you. You are, you're, you're, you have my best interest in mind. Just take care of this. But then, you know, they don't really understand what the video engineer does or what, you know, what a, uh, you know, and I threw out some jargon as a B mix, right? Like some people don't even know what that is, right? And that's understandable. And I think it's that similar way on creative. People see, they go, oh yeah, graphic design package and, uh, you know, strategy around brand. And they're like, oh, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like I need it. Let's go ahead and move forward with it. So I, I, I think the first kind of starts with this desire to say like, hey, yes, I don't know what exactly I'm getting. And then therefore they don't know where to hold their bounds from, right? Like I think we all go into like a McDonald's and we know that we're not going to go in there and be like, I'm going to order a Big Mac and then come in there and, be, and by the way, can you do a medium rare steak? And you know, Because we clearly <laughs> right. know what the bounds are in terms of what that person is providing and what's possible. So I think like a little bit. It's a mix of like, it has to be this perfect song and dance of like mix of the customer and mix with the um, the, the person uh, there. But I think to your point, like a lot of times the biggest other big challenge of this is, you know, the, the desire to please and we all want to make sure our clients are happy. But also too, sometimes, you know, when it comes to events, we have last minute decisions we got to make, right? We sit here and they say, oh my gosh, I don't have anyone to edit that video. Can you just do it, right? And you're kind of sitting here like, ugh. If I say no, this this is gonna all go wrong, and we don't really have a choice. And you're probably not gonna find a video editor fast enough. Let me just do it, um, and that's where I think like a lot of this kind of stems from, and where I start to think about how it's like almost a perfect storm of scope creep. It and it occurred to me as you were talking there that really we're talking about two different types of scope creep. There's there's mm. scope creep being imposed on you by the client like oh hey can you just can oh hey can you just like they're asking right they're mm-hmm. asking and then there's self-imposed scope creep oh. of i'm going to take this on because i want to i want to make sure it gets done right i'm i'm going to take yeah. this on because i'm going to have the fastest internet speed i'm going to take this on because i don't trust perhaps you know somebody mm-hmm. else to do it you know sometimes people are i'm a bad delegator i freely admit it like i'm not good if i know that i can do something well I'm really bad at letting that out of my hands and and letting someone else take it. So why don't we break that down uh, into those two different types? And maybe we start with the client-imposed <laughs> scope creep. Um, because I imagine, you know, uh, you know, a company like Endless is going to be different than how an individual like mm-hmm. me handles it. Have you guys got anything internal to kind of help put guardrails up to prevent scope <laughs> scope creep from uh, from taking over a program yeah um yeah definitely definitely uh the yeah now i hope that some of these ideas that i share that what we do can translate to individuals and things like that sure um sure. so um so yeah so i i think when it comes to client scope creep there's kind of um i'm thinking in my mind two major systems that you have um for doing this 
The first is always making sure that everything you talk about when it comes to adjusting scope and things like that is in writing. I found that's like the first kind of start of it all. Whether you're accepting to do it or not, at least getting in writing. And the reason why that's important is that what I've recognized is the if you're like the client pleaser like we are at Endless and like Brand Will are for sure, we're going to say yes to a lot of things. And I think the challenge becomes sometimes you don't even plan on charging extra for it. You're just going to do it because you want to make sure the show goes well. But the hardest part about it is when you come back the next year and they're like, oh, well, that thing you did for us, can you do that again? You're like, oh, hell no. That was like the worst 24 hours of my life. I need to get paid more or I need to have more resources, whatever that may be. And so what I found is when you put it all in writing and you are um, in my second system is uh, we'll start to help with this a little bit more is even if you don't put a price towards anything like that, it's just writing it down saying, here's all the adjustments I'm making to this scope. So I found that to be like really, really helpful. It's just getting it in writing. So then that way you always have something to call back on to say like, look, we, this is, I told you, this is the scope and how it's changing, right? I find that a lot of uh, the worst kind of scope creep is when there's no writing of it down. I want to tack on one little thing to that exact point before you move on to the next one, which is that, so part of what I do as an individual contractor is even though I'm usually giving a flat rate, mm. I'll break down how many hours I think it's going to be. So I'll nice. say this is this is you know twenty three hours of pre event work and then two on site days and you know that kind of thing and I'll show that out so that for your that exactly what you're talking about at the end of it you can say this is what it actually was mm -hmm. you know for for better or for worse for higher or for lower if it actually comes in lower and you know I might I, then that tells me that I'm, I might be charging actually too much for Ooh. for what that what you know for what that service is going to been is there something I could add you know to 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 keep that you know keep that level up or do I reduce my rates but more more often than not what it really is is you put way too many hours in and I just want to know that internally as yeah. well so like yes. you know that just tells me but I find then afterwards and and this might be where you're going is that after the event we'll step through that and say, okay, these are the things that we added mm -hmm. that weren't in the original scope. And for me, that includes hours as well. It's like, I actually spent, you know, we said it was going to be 30 and then it wound up being, you know, th you know, 35 pre-show plus two on-site days, plus about six hours of overtime. Definitely. And, and I found that like, sometimes we do this even with the smallest things. Like I remember like even doing some small uh, AV gigs in the beginning where I'd be like, oh, you know, I'll just throw in that adapter. But then eventually at some point in your business, you're going to want to charge for whatever it may be, that little adapter or whatever it may be. And, um, you know, you want to make sure that you that you're properly compensated for that and they're aware of it. So then the kind of the second piece of it and definitely I think in a post event debrief is need for everything. I mean, that's probably its own topic in itself, but always reviewing this stuff. But the one thing that I think is helpful for along the way, too, is like and I think this is like a culprit of the AV company, too, is the AV company is notorious for changing scope and then trying to bill for it like afterwards and being like, and here you go. Here's an extra $10,000 bill for all those adapters and hours that you asked for and, you know, things like that. But what I found is really, really helpful is doing a change log. So this is what we do at Endless is we have basically a, a log that we use that every single time something changes, whether the, the, the it's affecting the budget or not. And sometimes because what ends up happening a lot of times is sometimes they, they change the, the scope in a positive direction where they're like, oh, we don't need that anymore. But then sometimes they do it in the negative direction where they're adding things on. And we want to keep log of what those look like. And I found sometimes you get in a dangerous spot where you're like, oh yeah, we uh, didn't do X, Y, Z. And you're just like, okay, well in my mind, 
I'm saving budget there. I'll just reallocate that there. But the client's not aware of how that change ended up happening. And they come back at the end and they go, oh, yeah, so we didn't use X, Y, and Z. Can we have a discount off of that? Or we pay it back and we're like, well, we used it towards this instead. And then the client goes, oh, well, that's not what we were thinking. That you told that went out of the scope, whatever it may be. So keeping a change log is really helpful. And even if you're changing, making a change log that you eventually plan to never say, I'm charging you more, I'm charging you less, or whatever it is, it just shows you how it's changed. It's also helpful too because the next year when you go to, you know, resell the project or whatever it is, you say, Okay, cool. Oh, here's the list of all the things I need to change. Let me now update my proposal for next year on all the things that are changed. So a change log has been really, really successful for us. And we, you know, we digitized it and made it really, really easy for people to constantly update it. And we make it so our program managers just constantly are updating that scope change, even if the budget isn't changing, just so then everybody's on the same page. Here's what changed. Here's what you asked for. And then this is the last little bit of it is asking for permission along the way in written form. And that's kind of where that level up of that written form comes in is that, you know, the worst thing that you can do and I'm looking at all you AV companies who are our listeners out there is sl slap someone with a bill afterwards. And the person goes, well, wait, I wasn't aware of this overtime charge X, Y, Z. And they're like, well, you, good luck. You have to pay it either way. And I, I hated that as a client when I hired AV and production companies. So well, I wanted to change that where it was always, there was never surprises in the end. And obviously we're talking about, you know, <laughs> budgeting and things like that a little bit differently than the, the, just the scope creep. But I think a change log really helps uh, clarify that and over communicate. Yeah, I think those are both great tips for for the, that that correspond to the individuals as well. You know, keeping track of here's what you said it was going to be, and here's what it wound up being. For regardless of like you say, regardless of whether or not you charge, you're planning on charging extra for it, just to know so that then when you're bidding the next year, um, just like my you know hours example, say hey, just want to let you guys know, you know, last year's prices was based on this. Here's where it actually came in, mm -hmm. um, and we also then added this responsibility and this extra work and this kind of thing and this kind of thing. So that's why it's now five thousand dollars more, or you know something along those lines. Or if you're wanting to you know incentivize them using you again, you know you can you still bring all that up. Uh, but you know what? You know it's it's so great to have the opportunity to work with you again. I'm just going to do the same price as last year, and in it, now it includes all of that other stuff. It kind of depends on Amen. if you're comfortable doing that or not, and if you want to do that or not. Um, Can I add something? But yeah, on there? Be, yeah, go go go. I, I was going to say I think that also you know like we have this problem in the events industry. Everyone complains about like I do so much work and I don't get paid enough to do it and things like that. And we want to be able to do things where we just hey yeah I'm just going to give it to you for free. But this is how we actually help educate clients how much actual work it takes to go into their shows versus it just being like labor line item and then you know oh the, you know ten thousand dollars and you're like okay i don't know what that gets me but i need that labor so we'll just go ahead and do it they can really see that breakdown as what does it actually take to go in here and i think it generates more respect for our industry so that was just a no it's it's larger and, and regardless of whether you know i started tracking my hours um just for my own knowledge so that I would be able to know, you know, hey, this is what I thought it was going to be. Here's where it wound up. It's just and then I found that it was it was useful. It was helpful uh, in in client negotiations for the next year or for the you know, for that year even, um, you know, where having being able to back that up. And, you know, really, so literally I'm using, you know, time tracking uh, software, part of my uh, accounting software to roughly keep track. Um, and then, you know, one year uh, I, I went back just to reevaluate and 
um, some things had changed in the agenda, and and I was able to that that had that reduced the number of hours in the show, and so I was able to then look. Oh, geez, you know, I guess that's you know I'm going to lose some money off of that deal because the show's shorter. But then I looked at the hours I had spent the year before, and the pre-show work had gotten had gotten higher. So I was able to say, hey, just so you know, I did all of these extra hours for last year's show. And, but I understand that the agenda is shorter this year. So let's just call it a wash and we'll charge you the same thing. Mm. And I think that's smart too. Like, yeah, it ends up quantifying a little bit more and allows us to make decisions on pricing and things like that based on fact rather than just, yeah, I feel like I should charge less or charge more mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. So should we pivot off on yep, and do a drink? Uh, should we pivot on <laughs> over into uh, uh, discussing self-imposed self-imposed scope trip? And I think it's almost <laughs> it's almost more insidious. Like you know, there's you know, most clients are pretty good about it, right? You know, where if you say, "Hey, happy to do this," but just know we've already added a lot of stuff already. We're starting to reach that point where we're going outside the bounds. Mm-hmm. Most clients are going to be respectful of that and responsible of that. There's some that would be like, well, you did it for, you know, whatever. But, you know, <laughs> the, the, I think the, the, the almost the worst one is, is the self-imposed scope creep mm-hmm. that you just start saying, I'll take care of it. 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 And then suddenly you're putting extra demands on yourself. You're putting extra demands on your crew. You're putting extra demands on your company to the point where you're bumping into those same problems with number of hours versus you know time in the day versus too many too few hands trying to do too many things at, at any given point in time. And then you start to actually decrease the quality of the show instead of increase it. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, the best suggestion I think I have on self-imposed is you know, I think if you're doing all these other things, like, you know, you're you're keeping track of change logs, you're tracking your hours and things like that. I think it starts to become a little bit more obvious when you are starting to go beyond your scope creep. Um, but the hardest part is when you know that the show is going to be a, not a success or it's going to have major issues if we don't do something. Um, and I think that I think self-imposed scope creep is totally... I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to stay on this stance forever by the end of this conversation, (laughs) but I think it's pretty healthy as long as you can justify and explain in the end. So then that way, if it puts you in a place of stress or, um, you know, too much work and want having to do octopus arms, it allows you to then go back and argue why that needs to change in the future. Um, I think the worst kind of self-imposed scope creep is when you commit to doing something and then you just keep doing it over and over again. We hear about it all the time. Like, yeah, they've been a you know a long time client, and you know it's. I just don't want to re- increase my prices because they'll leave me, and you know all these things like that. But in reality, is like that's where really I mean that's where the stress comes from. That's why you know people you know don't get sleep and things like that. But you know at some point too, you also then have to real look at it and kind of weigh your options and say like, do I want to continue to do this? beyond scope creep event or do I want to just you know sacrifice and have the time or the 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 weekend off or whatever it may be um but I think like the one-off scope creep um is is okay as long as it doesn't become regular I think well yeah (laughs) I think you know I think I think you're 100% right that if you're actively writing it down as you go it's going to help you realize when you're doing it as opposed to the day of when you realize you've done it and you're, you're trying to do too many things at once. Um, you know, really thinking through all of that kind of stuff uh, ahead of time as far as, 
and being honest with the clients uh, at some point and saying, you know, I, I would love to help you out. In the same show, for a moment there, it was looking like I was going to be doing PowerPoint as well. And I was just like, I just can't. I just I can't be running videos and helping people get on, you know, get on the call and be running PowerPoint uh, and be, you know, spotlighting people in the show. It's just too much. Mm -hmm. You know, is there any chance that, you know, we're comfortable having, you know, someone do that from the offices and then have a backup, like have someone standing by in case they go down? Because that's just mm -hmm. screen share at that point. Yeah. You know, anybody can do that. And so that's the route that we went, fortunately. Um, is So, you know, I did reach a point where I was like, okay, I just, I, I know I won't be able to do all of that effectively. Mm -hmm. um, and... So, you know, when it's self-imposed, yeah, I think I think tracking it's probably a big one. Uh, experience, you know, sometimes you need to sure. go over the line to know where the line is, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. So that's something that just comes with experience of, yep, I've done that in the past. And then being able to explain that to the client. You know, I've tried to do all of that in the past, um, but uh, it's just too much. Um, or we've tried to have the video switcher person also be the PowerPoint person, also be the teleprompter operator, mm -hmm. you know, uh, be, but, you know, it's just it just really shouldn't be done. Totally. Um, so if you want to add that presidential teleprompter two days before the show, we need a we need a prompter up. You know, it's going to be separate. It's going to be an additional cost. And frequently when it's explained in the. You know, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a yes and, and I'm not a no person, but I'm a yes but person. So it's like, can you do that? Yes, but just so you know, it's going to cost this, this, and this, and here's why. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because usually the answer is yes. It's just a matter of cost and personnel. Mm -hmm. um, so rather than saying yes, we can do it, and then trying to figure it out within the current budget. Sometimes you need to just, you know, take that moment and say, yeah, we can do that, but it's going to cost you extra or, totally. you know, and here's why, not just because we want to, you know, needle you, but here's why we have to bring in an extra person, you know, that kind of thing. And I'll add to that. I think that a lot of times this happens because they, they don't, again, they don't understand what it takes to do whatever you're trying to do. I mean, this can be applied beyond just event technology, but every single part of the event process is that most people just don't understand what it is. So what they're going to do is they're going to ask. And then if you say yes, they're just going, okay, cool. Great. Thanks. But in reality is like, if you come with them and you say no, and then you have a solution ready to go, like for example, I can't do all of that. Um, and you kind of explained, you're like, Hey, maybe we get a prompt, a, a PowerPoint operator in here right away. And that's going to cost $500 for the day. Are you cool with that? And I find that most clients, if you have the solution ready for them and they can have an idea of the cost, relatively soon you don't have to like immediately know every cost but they'll be like hey by the end of the day i'll let you know how much that's going to cost a lot of times they end up allowing you to add that on right add that little cost but uh, in reality i think a lot of times scope creep happens i also find that it's paired really well with the uh, after the event they go well we would have paid more to make sure that got done the right way and i heard that a lot when i was first figuring out how to do these large scale events and things like that. I was always protecting the client's budget and didn't want to charge more. But then I realized like a lot of clients on here, yeah, they agree to the budget, but they know they have a little bit of buffer on there and they're totally willing to spend a little bit more money to make sure that it runs really, really well. And, um, you know, I think that's the area you don't want to ever be in is that the post debrief is that you say, oh yeah, that issue went wrong because you went scope creep and you asked us to do it. And, you know, and that's also paired with that you didn't explain properly the risk, like you're saying the but part, but the, um, you know, being able to say, here, I'll oh, give you another solution and let's fix that more for the future. Yeah, because from their end, 
they said, can you do it? And you said, yes. You know, yeah. So you can't, you can't then turn around and say, well, yeah, but I know I said I could do it, but because I also said I could do that and that and that and that, then, you know, it went, <laughs> it went horribly wrong. Well, whose fault is that? Exactly. You know, that's, 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 that's your fault um, for saying yes, uh, when maybe you shouldn't have and being, you know, being honest about that. I think, you know, it's, it's, it usually, for me, it usually comes down to being honest about this stuff and just saying, you know, you're right, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I was trying to do too much. Um, that's my fault. And I'll take money off the bill, you know, or, you know, that kind of thing, because we, I tried to take on too much, which then you're really hurting yourself, because then you took on more than you said you were going to. And, and then you're giving them a discount <laughs> because you screwed it up. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's life lessons to be learned there, too. That's true. That's very true. And and, and I think, too, that, like, as you start to look at scope creep, too, um, I think it's important to also balance. You said experience and you learn from experience on it is that it sometimes you have to be careful when that scope creep sometimes you decide to do it because you're like oh i would love the experience doing that for example let's say for example you're the dj out there who got asked to do the lights for xyz and you're like i'm used to just having the dance lights and now they want me to do stage lights i know that like when i was first starting my company 14 years ago i would say yes to things and be like i'll figure it out but you have to be careful because you have to be ready for that time when they're going to be unhappy about it and want the money back. And, you know, you have to just kind of balance whether you're willing to take that risk with the client and everything like that. So always just be careful of that, too, is saying yes to things. It, and can you actually execute it on there, too? And that's obviously um, something I think you have to learn in the beginning when you're first starting your company. And I don't know how many newer planners or newer um, event technology folks we have listening, but just always keep that in mind, I think, too. Yeah, it's 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 always funny because uh, and you know maybe this is where we kind of start to round it out is that you know when we look at the online platforms now you know it's it's actually both harder and easier to have scope creep but because we're more used to the idea of online services uh, having like tiers and and this is this is what it is included in this tier versus this is what's included in this tier if you if you try to go outside those bounds they're going to upgrade you to the next tier. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like this automatic bumpers when it comes to, to online software that we're more used to. But for some reason, when it comes to people, um, we, we don't usually think that way mm. um, on both sides. You know, we're trying to do more than we should uh, versus, you know, having more put upon us. And so maybe we need to look a little bit more closely at the, 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 rigid, the rigid models of, you know, and I'm, I'm mostly joking about that, but it is an advantage of some of the online platforms is here's what we're going to do, and that's all that we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And if you want this feature or that feature, it's going to cost you more. Mm -hmm. um, or they'll say no immediately yeah. and just say, we yeah. can't do that. Um, and then the danger is always, to your point, is the, the ones that say yes and we'll figure it out later. <laughs> sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And mm -hmm. sometimes success is in, is in having really good people that are really good at doing that. But when it does fail, it frequently fails spectacularly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Totally, totally. And well, I, I think this was such a great conversation, too, because I think so many people struggle with this. Um, like I said, I don't think it's just an event technology problem. I think this is a, a whole event problem as whole. But, you know, I think the more that you can narrow it down, and I think my biggest tip, if I had to, like, pick one thing people could take away with this that kind of touches all the points that I had is over-communicate. 
Just over communicate what it looks like, and you're you're gonna get in such a better spot. Like over communicate the 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 things that could go wrong. Over communicate what you're actually doing. Over communicate what it might cost, even though you're giving it to them for free. Just over communicate everything 100%, and that, I think that can help a lot with making sure that scope creep doesn't happen in the future or that people understand what's going on with the scope creep. It does make me think of another potential topic, though, that maybe we can explore on another day, which Ooh. is sometimes over-communicating is just over-communicating. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. So, so we that's might want to have a conversation about that at one point, because sure. I've also had some recent examples of like, Okay, I know uh, I've preached over communication, but <laughs> but whoa, dude, whoa, that's that's a bit much. You know, I don't I don't need to be cc'd on every email from that's your true. association for the this next is, three weeks uh, as we as we leading up to it. So, with that. I would love to know more from folks out there, you know, how you're dealing with scope creep in these events. As we've, you know, so many people got pushed into the online world, it has to have been a lot of it out there of folks that are struggling with, oh, by the way, can you do this? Oh, by the way, can we add chat? Oh, by the way, can we present remotely? Oh, by the way, can we do this? And just saying, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, sure. And, you know, can we figure it out and can we make it go? So let us know out there, uh, Event Tech Podcast, hashtag Event Tech Podcast or eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com and let us know what you're doing to combat scope creep out there or what are you doing to prevent yourself from (laughs) self-inflicted scope creep as you go we'd love to hear from you out there absolutely and uh brant it's been such a lovely conversation with you thanks so much for bringing this uh story and topic to the table and uh yeah, excited to hear from everybody else as well. So, yeah, I think uh, we should call this one out and uh, send everyone on their merry way. And otherwise, we might start to creep a little bit beyond our scope for this episode. <laughs> Just thinking, this, like maybe we should add it. Maybe we should talk about a couple more things in this episode. You know what else we could talk about? Will? <laughs> I love it. I love it, Brent. So fantastic to see you as always. And uh, yeah, event tech out. Event tech out. Woo! Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.